Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome back on today's episode. I'm going to be sharing part two all about traveling via road or vacation while traveling for personal reasons or for work. So if you didn't listen to part one, it's going to be episode eight that you're going to want to scroll back in the feed to listen to because I fleshed everything out there and really took all of these areas and went very, very deep. But in today's episode, I'm going to be taking that same information in the same frame that I used in part one, which is, you know, how much control you have over your food and movement and lifestyle factors while you are vacationing or traveling via road. I will have a third part to this series as well, and that will be all about camping. And I'm actually going to be doing it with a good friend. Her name is Caitlin, and she is an outdoors coach. And uh, I think that one's going to be really great too, because that definitely is going to change what you have control over because, you know, you're not going to have a kitchen and you're not going to be able to like order Uber Eats or anything. So definitely be on the lookout for that in the near future. But for today, let's go ahead and start like we did for part one. And really, it just starts with pre-travel planning. The majority of your time is going to be spent here organizing kind of what you anticipate will happen while you are away. And I like to use this frame. So what part of my day can I recreate? What will I need to adjust? What do I need to buy to bring with me ahead of time? What do I need to bring with me from home? What should I buy while I'm traveling? And how will I need to modify based upon the duration of my trip? And this is in the guise of a shorter trip versus a longer trip. Or if something like this is more of your lifestyle, you know, if you are like, a consultant and you're traveling on the road quite a bit, then that might affect, you know, how you are preparing yourself for the week and month. And then lastly, the arrival, like what does this look like? What time are you coming in to your location? You know, what do you have access to at that time? That kind of a thing. So let's start with the food related piece or the nutritional related piece. And this is really going to be, you know, if you're traveling by road, it's going to be much easier to pack things with you that can help you to hit your food and movement goals. Like I'm talking lunchbox, you know, cooler, all the liquids this time. If you listen to part one, you know, your liquids are definitely going to be limited if you are traveling via plane, you know, especially as you're going through the TSA checkpoints and things. You know, for example, if we are traveling, uh, you know, a long distance, I would say like at least a day worth of travel, we will usually try to pack our lunch if we know that we're going to be going in between cities during the lunch hour. You know, there are other times where like we know that our one of our stops is going to be around lunch and that there is 
you know, readily accessible, you know, lunch locations, if you will, then we won't necessarily pack it. But if you know where I live, which is like in the very, very far north, northern portion of Minnesota near the Canadian border, like we have a long distance to travel to a lot of things. So if you have to go somewhere, you better be checking ahead you know, like, is the gas station going to be open? Or can I guarantee that there's going to be a place that I can get food open? You know, that kind of a thing. Um, Otherwise, we will plan ahead. And we will actually like plan our stop. If we know that we are going to be coming through a certain city, a certain town at a certain time. And what I will oftentimes do is I will look up the menu ahead of time if there's a place that we normally go, or I'll just kind of grab my go-tos if it's a place that we maybe don't normally go to, but I know it's like, you know, it's a burger place or something. Like for example, on our way back home to Illinois, um, we plan an annual trip, usually around Thanksgiving, early Christmas time. And we usually stop about four hours south of our house near Duluth, Minnesota. And we have lunch at a local burger place. And then I typically just always get like a grilled chicken sandwich, usually like a side salad, something like that. Um, And usually I get some kind of a fun food, like usually it's a shake or an ice cream or something like that to kind of hold me over before our main meal of the day, which is usually by the time we arrive, it's going to be like our dinner meal. So to hold us over in between, we definitely pack snacks. And we have two kids. So literally, you know, every 30 minutes, we're getting like the call from the back seat, like, what else do you have? I'm hungry, <laughs> that kind of a thing. So I like to pack snacks from each of the four food categories. And I talked about these in more detail in part one, but overall, it's going to be your proteins, your fibers, your carbs, and your fats. And Usually for proteins, I mean, just in general, as far as like snacks actually go, I'm packing things like jerky and protein bars. Now, I don't normally have these things when I'm, you know, at home and I can actually like prepare more, you know, what's called like regular proteins, if you will. Um, But they are nice go-tos and they're not messy in the car. And especially with kids like the crumbs are just never ending. So those can be really helpful. I mean, I've even gone as far as packing like some hard boiled eggs. Those of you who know me well, we have a small flock of laying hens. So we usually have ready access to eggs. You know, you might even be thinking like, okay, that's weird. Like I wouldn't do that. You know, why don't you just buy some food to eat or pack a granola bar? And my response to you is like, why is it weird? Like, let's normalize being prepared and prioritizing our nutrition. It's important. It's literally what makes you go, you know, what makes your brain run, what makes your body run and what makes you feel good. All right. So fibers, these are easier to travel with, you know, in particular whole fruits, when you're on a road trip versus on a plane, you know, I'm talking like things like bananas, berries. Um, we even really like those little halo mandarin oranges. Those are like really easy and kid friendly to peel. I mean, I know they like market them for kids, but like, I will be honest. I love those things. They're so good. Um, and I legit will have them as just like a regular snack, even when we're at home. And then I always make sure that we've got like plenty of napkins, wet wipes to have in the car because 
honestly, like I just, if you have kids, you totally understand this, but if you don't like be prepared for the crumbs and the huge messes and like dropping snacks and food in their laps and you don't have a change of clothes and you know, the list goes on. But here's a little hack that I learned just because we, we have had to travel a lot with our kids, just living so far away is I would actually pack these little plastic bowls, like, um, you know, just like a storage container. I would just pack the little bowls, empty bowls, and I would hand them their snacks behind me in that because it really helped them to kind of like keep the snack contained. And especially for those snacks that are like a little bit more messy, um, Versus like them trying to like balance them on their lap or even like handing a paper towel back or my goodness, like trying to put food in the kid's hand. Like, you know, your hand is like double the size and you're like trying to like, you know, sprinkle the the goldfish crackers in their hand. And like, of course, like four or five of them are falling on the floor of the car and it's just not ideal. So hands down, pack the little plastic food containers. They work great. And they're really easy to like wash out at a gas station with a little bit of soap and water if they get messy kind of thing. And then as far as carbs go, I mean, honestly, these are like the easiest to pack snacks. I mean, we're talking like crackers, pretzels, cookies, um, you know, some granola bars. Some of those are going to have a little bit more fats in them, but carbs are like super, super easy to pack. And then as far as fats go, like definitely a grab and go for us is going to be things like cheese sticks, um, mixed nuts, peanuts, that kind of a thing. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll buy like a fancy style nut um, to have in the car for when we travel. Like, for example, I don't really often buy like um, whole cashews. And so cashews is one where it's kind of like a little fun treat, especially when we're traveling. All right. And then as far as adjusting, so the biggest thing here is really just going to be realizing that it's not going to be perfect. You know, if you're tracking macros, it's easy to get into that mindset that like you're trying to hit those numbers perfectly and it can really mess you up when you have limited control of your food or even like portion sizing and things like that. You know, instead of thinking about it as having like a perfectly balanced meal, like well-plated, that kind of a thing, it's probably going to be more of like a hodgepodge. You know, maybe you're actually like constructing a meal, but sometimes it's just not going to be perfect. And really just realizing that like relying on portions and the habits of nutrition, building a balanced plate through, you know, using your hands or like even the plate method for portioning out food is fine. And if you are tracking macros, just track by estimation. And the way that you can do this is instead of tracking by grams, you know, just track based upon like estimated cups or estimated tablespoons or estimated teaspoons. And you know, that's probably not like ideal, ideal forever, but while you're away and if you're interested in just kind of keeping track of your food, I personally usually do. And it's mostly just because I want to make sure I'm eating enough. Oftentimes what happens when I'm traveling is I really struggle to actually hit my numbers, meaning like I'm actually below my numbers because I'm moving less. And oftentimes the foods that I am eating, um, 
aren't necessarily the foods that I would normally eat. And so then my gut function gets thrown off and I get a little bit bloated and it's really hard to get those calories in. So sometimes it's just nice to know kind of like where you are at approximately. And if you have to adjust your approach with like some higher calorie, lower volume foods, just to literally get your calories in so that you feel good while you're away, you can still do that. And then as far as buy to bring, So for road trips, this one is more about convenience and space, honestly. I mean, I have definitely traveled with two pound tubs of of protein before, but I will say that sometimes it's nice just to put it in a baggie and slap a label on it, you know, and throw it in your bag or throw it in your suitcase. Sometimes it's just easier to have those like sample sizes of things. It just kind of depends on what the supplement is. Um, But many of the companies sell sample sizes. Um, In particular, like I work with Driven Nutrition and they have a number of their supplements available in sample sizes and they are great for travel. And I mentioned this in episode or part one of this series as well. So definitely check that out if you haven't. I went into deep, deep detail with like, you know, packing supplements and, you know, how to modify things there. But if you're not expecting to have much time to make stops along the way, then it may be helpful to buy more things than you would normally have at home to take with you in the car to have on hand. You know, I've done this before when I've been traveling on work trips and I have to be on site very early in the morning and, you know, gas stations might not be open or they're even like kind of questionable and I'm not really sure that I want to stop. So sometimes I will just pack things and I have them with me, but I may not actually even use them. Like for example, when I came back from Houston a couple weeks ago now, there were things that I took with me to Houston and I brought back with me from Houston and I didn't end up needing them. But it was really nice to know that like they were there if I needed them. All right. And then as far as bringing, so this one really goes hand in hand with buy to bring for road trips, because if you're packing it, you know, you'll have access to it in general, unless it's like buried under the suitcase in the back and it's going to be a huge pain in the butt and you need it while you're actually traveling. I mean, I will go as far as saying that I've definitely brought, you know, protein powders, including my rapid mixer with me on trips before. Um, If you don't know what a rapid mixer is, it's solid. It is absolutely solid. If you like creamer in your coffee. I do a protein coffee in the mornings. And before all you come at me with your caffeine comments, um, trust me, I manage my caffeine well, but I do like having a morning cup of coffee. And I will, in particular, I will put like a vanilla or a cinnamon or something like that protein powder in my coffee. Now, the big kicker with the coffee is that you do have to wait for it to cool just a couple of minutes. If you get it like right from the brewer, it's going to be so hot. It's going to scald your protein powder. And then you are going to end up with chunks, even if you use the rapid mixer. So definitely let it sit for like one to two minutes. Trust me, it will still be very, very hot. It's just not going to be like, you know, burn your tongue hot. And then you just, you know, dump your powder in there and use the rapid rapid mixer. And it creates this like incredible, like frothy, yummy deliciousness. Like I have it pretty much every morning. 
Um, you know, I'll give you an example. So last year at my sister and brother-in-law's wedding, I brought my protein powder and mixer with me that I always put in my coffee. And we would be down, you know, at the breakfast area at the hotel. And, you know, sure, I could have had the bacon and sausage, like I track macros, so I could have just pre-tracked them and it would have been fine. But honestly, I don't normally eat that for breakfast. So I just brought what I normally would have to help me to hit my protein goal in the morning without those kind of added fats. And again, like I'm not saying you can't have them or that I don't personally have those because I definitely do. It's just not what I normally do. And I know that when I am doing things that I don't normally do consistently for like days on end, my gut function suffers and it's just no fun. For me, it's just, it's super slow. I feel bloated and it's like terrible. So I do whatever I can to try and like maintain most of my routine. But anyway, where I'm going with this is, you know, there were definitely people who were like, what are you doing? They're like, what are you mixing in your coffee? Why do you have a powder? What is that thing that is spinning around in your coffee? You know, like what, what is that? Um, and really here's what I'm going to tell you is you get to the point where your goals matter more than like having to feel awkward about things. And it's just a matter of being able to have the confidence and explaining it to people. You know, when somebody asks you and if you're like, well, you know, um, I'm trying to, you know, it makes you feel like an idiot. And the other person is like, uh, uh huh. You know, and you're like, you feel, you feel weird. Just be honest. And explain why. You know, this is like, I have this uh, infographic that is a part of my coaching bowl for clients. And it's like uh, something like, I can't remember what the actual infographic is called, but it's like something like, oh, it's, I think it's called foundational wellness principles. And one of them is like having hard conversations. And it's like just being direct. I mean, when I say direct, it doesn't mean that you need to be a jerk, but it's just like being open and honest and like having confidence to say like, this is important to me and this is why I'm doing it. And when you have the confidence, people don't give you shit. You know, just explain it. Like going back to this whole like protein example, you know, I have a protein goal that I try to meet every day for breakfast to keep me full and satisfied throughout the day. And this protein helps me to do that. And I mix it in my coffee. Boom. Done. You know, it's really just coming back to like that mindset and having confidence to say it. All right. As far as buying goes. So we usually go grocery shopping when we are traveling, like in particular, when we go back to my in-laws and stay with them for the week around Thanksgiving, you know, if we're staying with family in particular, it's really nice because we can just kind of like stock up and obviously like we have access to their fridge and that kind of a thing. And I'll just go and grab like some of the like staple foods that we normally have in our house. In particular, I find that like when, when you're staying at somebody else's house, you know, sure, you don't necessarily have like full control over what you're eating, especially if they're making meals for you. But I will say that kind of just like saying like, hey, I'm going to go grab a couple of things. Um, you know, what can I make? Or can I bring a dish to pass? I mean, technically, it's not a dish to pass if you're like, you know, dining in with somebody else. But you know what I mean? Like you can contribute and say like, hey, I'd like to make a salad or hey, let me bring a veggie or whatever. Usually at those kind of like those dinners, there's going to be a protein of some kind. And then there's going to be quite a few like carbs and fats. Um, what oftentimes is missing is like your fibers or even just like I would even go as far as saying like adequate 
protein uh, per meal. So we will usually go and get things like you know, cottage cheese, um, Greek yogurts. I'll kind of ask about like, what's the plan for the menu? Or like, could I cook dinner one of the nights? You know, you kind of have to like tiptoe around the tulips on that one. If somebody would be like offended by that, then you're probably not going to be able to do that. But you could even just say like, hey, let me help out and then offer to make something or, you know, go and buy something. So like in particular for, for proteins, like if, if I'm allowed to, shouldn't say allowed, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Like if they're like, oh yeah, cool. We'd love for you to make supper. I'll be like, okay, like, do you like grilled chicken? Do you like this? Do you like that? And then that way I'm kind of like prioritizing that protein and I'm always starting the meal with the protein and then kind of building on from there. And then also like a really easy one to just grab and have in the fridge are like those washed and pre-cut fruits and veggies, like our local grocery store in particular, I know has them. And like the grocery store near my husband's family's house has that. And I mean, they have like way more of that grocery store, but it's super nice because they're like already washed. They're already pre-cut and you could just quick eat them. Um, all right. Modify. Relying upon estimation is really going to be the ticket here. You know, if you've tracked macros for a while, you know about how much things are. Um, I referred a while ago about like the plate method, the hand method for portioning and things like that. You know, within reason, just use volume to track in your app. It's totally fine. When When you're back into your normal routine, then just get back into your normal routine. I mean, it's very possible that if you are going to be gone for quite a while, just bring your food scale with you. Um, depending upon like what kind of food scale that you have, I actually just ordered, it's funny that I was talking about this. Um, I actually just ordered a travel food scale, um, a very small one actually. And I'm really excited about it because there's times where like definitely with my parents being here now, there are times where like, you know, we'll have like two and three meals over there per week, I would say. And like, I'm really appreciative of that. But what I find is that, you know, sometimes like my estimations and things like that, just, you know, they aren't necessarily ideal. And if it is going to be essentially a part of my lifestyle, then, you know, why not? And my mom and dad like definitely know that I track macros and they totally understand it. So it's not a big deal, but just realize that, you know, while you're away, there is going to be a certain level of estimation and it's fine. You know, if we're being real, even when you're tracking exactly by the gram, there's some variability there too. Um, And then last but not least, arrival. So when you arrive on site, wherever you're headed, like what is that first meal going to look like? Like, what do you anticipate needing or preparing or having ahead of time or ordering? Um, Anything like that. In part one of this series, I went into full, full detail with this, but it's pretty much the same. You know, however, I will say that if you have your own car, it's way easier because then you have more control or even more control around what you will be having. And then as far as the movement goes, so, you know, if you normally lift four days per week, you know, how can you recreate this? You know, where will you lift? Will you be able to lift at all? Um, things like local gyms, definitely check those out if you're staying at a hotel. And again, I went into deep, deep detail in part one. So again, if you have not listened to part one, make sure to go back and listen because I'm, I'm actually like leaving out big chunks in part two, because I've already said them in part, uh, part one. So definitely go check that out. Um, but 
kind of look at, you know, what can you recreate or modify in the form of, you know, maybe you can do something with bands. You know, I, I hate even like saying that because I'm sure there's some of you out there and you're like, bands, why? <laughs> but here's the deal. They're better than nothing. You know, they may not be the best long term. I mean, you know, I, I would argue that like doing bands all the time probably isn't optimal, um, but they can definitely work while you're traveling to still allow you to move a bit. You know, some clients bring like, I've even had some clients bring their body weight scale. I did not tell them. I did not tell them to, but I've definitely had some clients bring like one light and one heavy set of dumbbells with them. I mean, who am I kidding? I've done this too. You know, if you normally sit outside on your deck at home, you're probably going to bring a lawn chair on vacation, right? So what this, what is the difference with bringing a bit of fitness equipment? I feel like people always like eye roll at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, when we go back to Illinois, I have a couple of gyms that I purchase week long passes to. And if I have a hard time, like getting into the gym, like depending upon kind of what we have going on and like schedule of events, I'll usually have like some bands, like I'll bring my gym bag and I'll have some bands in there and I'll use those in the meantime. You know, it's not perfect, but it's definitely better than nothing. In particular, I love going to these couple of gyms and purchasing the week long passes it's just so nice to have a new place to go, you know, new faces. And really it kind of just gives me like a new reason and more excitement to get my movement in for the day. As far as adjusting, you know, if you don't have access to what you would normally have, it's really just a matter of being able to adjust your training and movement. You know, in particular, if you're used to doing like barbell back squats, then you might have to do something where you have like maybe some long fabric resistance bands and you're using a couple of those to try and create some resistance. Is it perfect? No. Can you do it? Yes. Is it going to make your joints and muscles feel better? Yes. You know, we talked a bit about the gym already, but really just recognizing like, how can I modify these movements if I don't have access to the typical gym equipment? Um, and in particular, another one that I like to talk about in regards to adjusting your movement is going to be like walking, um, where you're going, you know, is there an opportunity for you to go for a walk? Um, thinking back to the Houston trip. So in particular, we were in kind of like a neighborhood area. And on a couple of days, I just literally just like went outside and went for a walk around the neighborhood just to kind of get out of the apartment, get out of the gym that we were in and just like get in some sunlight, get in some steps. And that really, really helped me. Other examples would be things like, you know, if you're going out of town on a work trip, oftentimes, you know, you're going to have some time after work or even like a lunch break, that kind of a thing. Maybe you can like walk to go and grab lunch, depending upon where you're at. Um, if you're on kind of a fun vacation type of a trip, you know, maybe you're going to like an outdoor shopping mall or you're going to the zoo or theme park. Those are all opportunities to get in steps. And then as far as buy to bring, this one isn't as important with movement, I feel like, but if you don't have a decent set of resistance bands, I would definitely recommend getting those even just to have them as like backups for when you do travel. In particular, I like the long and short loops, definitely the fabric loops for the short ones. The vinyl short ones are like, they're also called mini bands. They just roll up and they're a huge pain in the ass. So I would definitely recommend fabric loops. 
Um, and then as far as buy, we already talked about this, but definitely a gym pass. Like in my experience on average, they're usually like between like, I'd say like 20, 25, even like maybe $40 per week, depending upon kind of like the type of gym and that kind of a thing. But it's well worth it in my opinion, if you can do it. Um, and then as far as modifying, just realizing that you may need to hold training for a while and recognizing that, you know, you may not necessarily be able to progressively overload during the time that you're away and that you're just working on maintaining, you know, you may not be able to necessarily hit PRs, but you are just working through the process itself moving. And then last but not least, as far as arrival, when will you be arriving and when will you need to fit in or schedule your next training session? You know, we usually come in the evening when we're headed to Illinois and I usually have a conversation with Nick and I'll be like, Hey, you know, in the morning, I'd like to go to the gym and buy a pass. Uh, you know, would it be okay? Like, does this work out for you if I leave at like seven or eight or whatever? Can you watch kids or something like that? And that works really well because we're having like an open conversation and he knows that I'm trying to like, you know, maintain my routine. And when you can have those like open conversation and just like communicate like, Hey, I would like to do this for myself. It just goes so much easier. And then as far as a lifestyle goes, you know, really sleep. A lot of this is going to be things that I talked about in part one, but in particular, like the white noise machine is hands down huge you know, bring one with you. If you are traveling by road, if you have a small one, or you can use an app on your phone, I think the app that I have is free and it works great. Um, eye mask earplugs for sure. And then just recognizing that like your bedtime routine is probably going to get a little bit shuffled in particular, just trying to stick to some of those habits that you have in place you know, a big one for me is really just remembering to take my supplements at night because usually what I do is I have them near my protein shake at night. Like I almost always have a nighttime protein shake. I shouldn't say nighttime, but it's like, you know, late evening. And that's when I normally take the majority of my supplements. And so what I will find is that while I'm traveling, because I don't have that habit embedded because my routine has changed, I will oftentimes like forget my supplements. And then like, it'll be a couple days later and I'm like not feeling the best. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, you know? And so then I have to like go dig in my bag and try to put them somewhere that's going to help me to remember. And then managing stressors. So I talked about this in part one as well, but I do not leave home without my headphones, without a book when I travel. I mean, I can't even tell you how soothing it is to just be able to like go for a walk and listen to some kick-ass music, you know, go to a new gym, listen to some kick-ass music, just listen to a podcast and drink my morning protein coffee, um, or even just open up a book. Like if it's nice outside, go outside, sit out on the deck or the porch and open up a book as kind of like an unwind or a de-stressor. And if at all possible, you know, looking at using walks, for managing stressors while you're away. If this is something that you don't normally do, this would be a really perfect time to start working on it. Otherwise, if it's well embedded for you, then you will probably crave them much like I do. I mean, I just gave you the example from when I was in Houston. I'm just, I'm used to going for not necessarily every day I walk, but I would say like four or five days out of the week, I'm definitely out with our dog and it just helps me. It's, it's great. So if you don't already know, Walks are great for not only managing physical 
but also emotional stressors. You know, in particular, it really helps to improve cortisol and melatonin production, which are counter-regulatory hormones. They are also related to your diurnal rhythm or also known as your circadian rhythm. And they really help to manage sleep and waking. And it also, walking in particular, also improves insulin sensitivity, giving your body a functional way to pull energy into muscles to be utilized for fuel. And then last but not least, it really enhances digestion. So if at all possible, timing one of those walks after a meal, like we refer to these as like post-meal walks um, when I'm talking with clients about them. And in particular, it really just helps to stimulate your stomach and your intestines. Now, notice I did not say running or high intensity type of movement, because all of these will definitely decrease or divert blood away from the gut and to the muscles. So just keeping in mind that we're talking like legit, just walking, going for a walk. All right. So I talked about this in part one as well, but I just want to touch on it in part two is really, if you're tracking macros, you know, I always get this question, do I have to track or should I track? And really it just comes down to, you know, I can't decide for you. If you want to do it, then track. If you don't and you feel like it's going to cause you more anxiety, then don't. You know, you can recognize that you will be estimating and just focus on the process itself, you know, using hand portions that kind of a thing, the process of tracking itself can be what you focus on and not necessarily getting stuck in those goals while you're away and have limited flexibility or limited control, I should say, over your food. You know, some people have a really good mindset around this because they assign value to the process itself. You know, whereas others think it's a complete burden and completely go into fuck it mode because they haven't assigned value to the process yet. They are purely stuck focusing on the value of the outcome. And this really goes hand in hand with like portions as well. And you can even just be using portions to help you eat balanced while you're away without tracking it. You could just use that process to manage your food. That's definitely an option as well. Overall, I'm going to let you in on a big secret. Here it is. You won't be successful in achieving the outcomes that you desire until you start changing the way that you assign value to the process. So it's like the part where I always am like, hey, let's just be consistent with what you can adhere to right now and be happy with that and see that in itself as the success. You know, this is going to kind of sound a little bit harsh, but one of my clients once said something to me like this. It was something like, Danny, you know, you've made me realize that no matter how badly I want it, I won't ever be able to get it until I change my mindset around the fact that making these changes isn't a burden. And I just need to see success as being consistent with the basics first an unassigned value from the outcome itself. So that was kind of a deep ending. (laughs) That was kind of a deep ending, especially for an episode that is really more about 
travel and vacation strategy and staying on track with your goals, but I thought it was important to mention. So there you go. Your added bonus for this episode. So in summary, we framed up on this episode food, movement, and lifestyle factors while you're vacationing or traveling under the guise of, you know, what can you recreate? What can you adjust? What do you need to buy ahead of time? What do you need to bring with you? What do you need to buy while you're away? How will you modify and how will you stay on track when you arrive and while you are traveling? So the biggest mistake I see, going into a trip completely winging it when it comes to your food and movement. So I love this quote, and it's from Benjamin Franklin, and it is, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. So let's not do that. All right, so that wraps up episode 10. As always, I hope that you got a ton of value from it and it allows you to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story, and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.